Welcome back to That's Ancient History. I'm your host, Jean Mingus, and today I am joined by two very special guests who you may already be familiar with if you've been listening in the past. <laughs> we have Harriet Scott and Jill Scott, not related, by the way. Not that we know of. Well, yeah, that's true. Exactly. We could Distantly, be. maybe. Uh, Harriet, if you're not familiar, was on the first episode ever of the podcast, which was all about getting into classics. And Jill was the star of our episode on fantasy and science fiction's mythological origins. And both did classics with me at Edinburgh University for their undergraduate degrees. And I've had the pleasure of travelling to various different ancient sites with both of them, which is what we're going to be talking about today. So Jill, Harriet and I, like I mentioned, have been on trips to various different ancient sites as well as each of us having visited ancient sites of our own accord. Uh, we're all big lovers of antiquity and classics and um, visiting the, the sites that you can visit today across Europe and further afield that are buildings that were originally built by the ancient Greeks or the ancient Romans is something we very much enjoy and I've had various different experiences with. So in today's episode, I wanted us to talk a little bit more about our experience of visiting these locations, some of our favorites, where would we recommend, how perhaps our experience of these sites contrasted with our expectations going into them, and anything else that comes to mind, really. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Let's see where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna suggest that we start in Athens because this is the one place that Harriet, Jill and I all went together. It's all jo- whole town. We're joining behind <laughs> the microphone. We when did we go to Athens? It's where third year friendship kind of really began. What it was a bonding experience? Innovative Athens. learning weekend. It was definitely an experience. You actually invited me. <laughs> yeah, I did. In, pa- in paper chase. Yes, I did. did I basically, with Rory, we with Rory. No, no I, was, I was with Amy or something. Was that was like non-classical. I think I was pretty much like, why aren't you coming to this? You basically, I seen your papers just like, hey, hey. Get, get in the folders for a new term. And you're like, cool, we're going to Athens in like two months. Get on board. And you were like, why all right. Because yeah. I, I didn't know anyone else really. But you knew yeah. Rory. I knew Rory and, and you. knew me. And I knew you, but yeah, we hadn't we really talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, then you formed a bond that will not be broken. So exactly. In Athens. Clearly, I'm responsible for 12 of us went. Obviously. There was 12 of us on this trip, all from university either studying ancient history or just history actually we had a we had a combination crew yeah. um and yeah we it, it was kind of your idea you pretty much organized the trip um and we went during a reading week in, fe- in february <laughs> so we did we did not go during the sunny season that's the perfect time to go yeah go when it's 20 degrees when there's not masses of crows no it wasn't it was 20 degrees yeah. there's tons to see in athens and obviously we we went for the the big ones to start with and we did of course visit the parthenon which you can find situated on top of the acropolis Tell us what it what's okay. the significance of that. Is. So the Parthenon was originally built in the fifth century BC after the Persian War between the Greeks and the Persians, and a lot of Athens had sort of been destroyed and looted during the war. So they were sort of rebuilding their religious centre, the Acropolis, and they built the Parthenon, which is dedicated to the goddess Athena, the patron god of Athens. You know, funny that. Athens, Athena. Really innovative <laughs> naming. Surprising. <system>. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it's basically a massive temple. I mean, it's hard to describe, isn't it? It's a mi- basically, it, it's basically, there's this it, it's a massive temple. There's no basically. In the 1600s, did it lose its roof? Okay, this is this is okay. So I wasn't sure whether to bring this up yet, but I did make a note next to the Parthenon. So my this is my biggest 
you know, sadness about an ancient site really is the Parthenon. And it's the fact that the Parthenon, which is very much that archetypal image of a Greek temple you have, which is essentially partially ruined, it's white marble columns, white marble sculptures, roofless, all of this kind of stuff. It actually still had its roof until the 1600s, but it was used to store um, ammunition, gunpowder, and uh, there was an accident, and it all exploded. It's okay, Jean. It's <laughs> and, okay. The, and the roof blew off, and tons of the sculptures were destroyed. And up until that point, it had been like an amazing condition. It had been preserved really well. It had been used as a mosque. And I think like you can tell from visiting other sites that quite often the sites that are continuously used are the ones that are best preserved mm-hmm. because they're taken care of. Um, and we'll probably touch on that as we go on. But So the Parthenon was in amazing condition until this, this disaster which blew off the roof. And it upsets me because it's not even like... it was destroyed in antiquity. It's yeah. like literally 400 years ago. It made ago. it. It made it through. Oh, it made it through the world. Yeah, we were so close to, to <laughs> experiencing this this roof, guys. This roof. And that, that crushes me. But, but that is like the most painful thing about ancient sites. If you love ancient sites, is the fact that when things get destroyed but no, but ruined. like you, you're never going to see it in its mm, full formed yeah. glory. Yeah. Like with the colour stuff. Yeah, with the colour, which oh. I think would blow people's mind to know that, that it was all painted. That when I first When you that see that out, photo and you're like... And they show yeah. you it, <gasps> what it might have looked like. But also like, like that's color. a lot of paint. So someone needs to explain this concept. <laughs> it used to be multicoloured. Yeah, so, <laughs> so reds, blues, primary colours. Primary colours, colors yeah, right. really, really, really bright, really vivid, like you'd be able to see it from a long, long way away. Yeah, all of the sculptures. All of the sculpture, everything's painted, which you don't think now because obviously the paint doesn't last. Yeah, so it's all just white marble. So it's all white marble so because we, they painted onto yeah. the marble. And now if you see an image of something with it, that on it, you think it's been it looks gaudy. Yeah. It looks disgusting. You're like, oh. But that's because of train, we're trained to think of white marble. Yeah, you would have walked across the Acropolis and there would have been statues all over the place covered in these bright Ooh, primary red. colours. Um, and it looks so different now because we just think of white marble all the time. I don't know yeah. how, what you guys thought of the Parthenon when you saw it. Were you just affected by that deep sadness of the lack of the roof like I was? I mean, I've shed many tears to the God Athena. Um, <laughs> it was impressive, absolutely. I think it is really it impressive, is impressive and I think it's... Like everything, it's, it always seems much bigger when you're there. You I can't actually think it was as big as I thought it was going to oh, be. Oh, really? when I got to it, I thought it was big. It's interesting. But... I think it's really it's really impressive when you're not standing in it. Mm. I think when you like go down the hill and there's that museum really near it and you're standing looking out on it. Uh-huh. Because we had lunch like upstairs in this museum. I can't remember what the museum oh. was called. The Archaeology. Uh, yeah, in, uh, the Acropolis Museum. The Acropolis Museum. And you, you can sit and have lunch at the, on the top level, I think, and you look out on it and you go, damn. Like yeah. If you were riding up to that and you were like, oh, we're just going to go pillage Athens or whatever, like you'd be like, oh shit, no, they made this <laughs> Like They know their stuff. Yeah, it, it dominates the skyline. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can only like imagine like with like Pompeii and stuff like how busy it would be yeah how like how many different cultures and and uh, different people would be there yeah it would be such an interesting center to visit at that time in a sense when you talk about going on holiday and you go and see these tourist spots and they're kind of packed and it can be a little bit like mm-hmm. stressful in a way it probably would have been pretty packed yeah because there's loads of different uh people from all around the world there so it probably would have yeah. been like slightly similar yeah minus the colors minus the colors <laughs> Yeah. But there's other things on the Acropolis as well. It's a sort of religious high point in the city and the Parthenon's not the only temple there. No. No, there's the temple of Athena Nike. Yeah. Yeah? And who's Athena Nike? It's a th- another form of Athena, it's a victory. Yeah. 
Athena and Victory. Like Nike. Like <laughs> shoes. <laughs> you learn like, something new. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, and that was basically her slogan. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah. There's also the Erectheon. Smooth. Which is another tempo. And it's got four columns that are called Karyatids that are four different women. And they have really good sculpted hair. I always mm, remember that. Mm-hmm. I've got a postcard of the four backs of them. As with many women. looks at the front, but the back okay. is divine. But do you not think many women in uh, like ancient... Or if you look at busts and things like that, yeah. very good hair. Yeah, the hair is on point. It's always on point. Yeah. Always coiffed. Yeah, and they were when we went there in the in the Acropolis Museum, they had basically replaced the ones on the Acropolis because they took them off to be restored. So when we were there, they were like redoing them inside the museum to preserve them and then put them back. It was really interesting. Isn't that temple not Athena and Poseidon? It is. But because, why though? Because there was the myth of how of who it was to be dedicated to that mm-hmm. whole Acropolis mm-hmm. area. And it was between Athena and Poseidon, basically. And they were asked to give a gift to Athens. So they each got a chance to do this. And Poseidon... Oh, I can't remember now. I think Poseidon gave, like, Poseidon, a everlasting stream or something yeah, to the water. Poseidon, like, brought water for Athens. <laughs> but then Athena... Did she split a rock or something? And no, Athena gave him an olive tree. Yeah, but from, oh, from, from the rock. Tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, split, yeah. like, a rock open and then underneath from the earth an olive tree grew and Athens were like... They picked the olive tree. We love olives. <laughs> That one was also built during the 5th century BC. Most, I like that one, that was my favourite. Yeah, most most of the stuff on the Acropolis like that you see now, that layer of architecture is from the 4th century after the Persian War, like mm. I said, and it was sort of commissioned by Pericles, who was an Athenian politician slash army man. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you mentioned, there's the Acropolis Museum that you can go down, yeah. and they've got loads of the sculpture in the Acropolis Museum that you can that's been taken from the Acropolis and obviously put in the museum to protect. Um, it also has a magic eight ball. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Well, you don't, like, it's not, you don't shake it and it goes, yes, you will win a million dollars. It's basically this, this spherical ball, obviously, and it has, like, a lot of, like, mystical, like, symbols on, oh, on it and yeah. stars and all that sort yeah. of stuff and it's, like, basically called a magic eight ball. I mean, I someone's that. probably going to complain, it's called this, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> But that's the abiding memory I have from... Magic Sphere of Athens. The Acropolis Museum, apart from the fact that the Elgin Marbles aren't there. Yeah, well, this, when I think of the Acropolis Museum, <laughs> this is what I think of. It's the absence of some certain but marbles. But they have such... They, oh, it's so sad. You look at it and you're kind of like... Yeah. Ooh. Oh, they, just give them some back. Yeah, well, so if you're not familiar, there's a bit of controversy surrounding this. And um, some people will object to your use of calling them their Elgin Marbles. But in the Britain... Well... If we don't call them that, then yeah. people might not know. What in Britain, they're commonly known as the Elgin Marbles, but elsewhere, they prefer to call them the Parthenon Marbles. So basically, back in the early 1800s, Lord Elgin was visiting Athens and um, took back to Britain with him various different sculptures from the Parthenon, which you can now see in the British Museum. And naturally, <laughs> Athens and Greece want them back. As you would. Wait, okay, so obviously, yeah, you would want them back. There is controversy surrounding it. There are many arguments. Mm-hmm. For both sides. For both sides. We all agree on the same argument. Yeah. I think we are all pretty much leaning you know towards what? they should be retired. But now, yeah, now that they have somewhere beautiful to, to have yeah. them, it's a gorgeous a museum. Brand new museum. They've got a brand new museum. They will be pristine, pristine looked after. For. You could tell the level that they were going yeah. to to preserve other things in there. 
they should go back. Yeah, because there's a safe home it, for them. In they won't be in danger of being destroyed no. or, or no. damaged. So why should? And that will be very controversial, back? and I don't really care if you're wrong. No, I'm joking. What? I don't really care because I think they should go back. <laughs> yeah. So this one is not far from the entrance to the Temple to Athena Nike that Jill mentioned recently. But there's something in particular that makes it special. M more special perhaps than other theatres in ancient Greece. It was the first ever purpose-built theatre in Greece. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That's like, a fun fact. What else did we go see when we were there? Um, well, there's also... You go to the Agora, oh yeah, which is sort of down the hill from the the Acropolis. I'm really lazy; like, I could be bothered making. Yeah, that. you have to like your gods a lot. <laughs> yeah, fair. Yeah. Or be really scared of them. Or be really bored because you don't have Netflix. Also, maybe why? <laughs> I like that. Why was the Parthenon built? Nobody had Netflix. No one had Netflix. Netflix. You can't send. Or Tinder. You can't send Tinder. It's swipe left. You have to build it physically. But so if, you're they come. if you're at the top of a temple building, you can see the whole of the town. There's you can't. You don't have to pray to the god of love anymore because you, you got Tinder. So I took a day trip to Delphi. So right, okay. So what is in Delphi? That's the sanctuary of Apollo. Okay. So tell us about that because I never. I so it's on the. It's sort of nestled between um, two. I think it's two hills that are part of Mount Parnassus. Okay. Parnassus. Ooh. And it's familiar. It is it's where the Oracle of Apollo was, the Pythia. Ooh, Ooh. mystical. <laughs> Magical. Yeah, it's and it has the Omphalos, Omphalos, which is the navel of the world. That was what the Greeks thought. It was the very centre of the world. Oh, well, that's cool. So that's that was cute. there and it was dedicated to Apollo. And he had his oracle there, the Pythia, and people Pilgrims would travel from all over the Mediterranean and a bit wider to come and get a region from her. What was it like visiting that site now? Was it well? I mean, when I went there, it was it was gorgeous. It's kind of the little local bus took us to this tiny little street that had like a few houses. It, it doesn't look like a very big place, and it's all it's very green, which I wasn't expecting because it's all on the slopes of this mountain. So there's all these hills you can't see what you're going into, and then once you walk into it. It just sort of pop seems to pop up out of the foliage, okay. and it's it's just gorgeous. And you you walk the route where all the treasuries are yeah. for the for, that got dedicated from all the different towns and cities of Greece. They all dedicated and built a little treasury, and each one tries to like kind of outdo the other. Mm -hmm. So they gradually get bigger and <laughs> they get more impressive. <laughs> and this one kind of curves up, and you follow the slopes of the mountain, and then you get to the Temple of Apollo. And it's only really the floor and the sort of bottoms of the columns that are left. Okay. But still in breakfast. So as you're going up, you keep getting better views of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Wow. Until you get to the very top and there's a big um, circus at the top. Okay. And they used to hold the Pythian Games there every four years. Amazing. I really would like to go to Delphi. Yeah, like to but it there. just seemed like a perfect day because the sun was really yeah. shining, but it wasn't hot. It was a 20 degree day. <laughs> it was so empty, probably because everyone was in Athens protesting. Yeah. yeah. It was so empty. There wasn't a lot of people there. And we were off season. I think it's a really good it's a, it's a really good one to go to. It seems to be in the perfect setting. And you can imagine like little pilgrims going there. <laughs> to, to, go get their to go and get their fortune told. And it, just, it just looks beautiful. Well, we all went to Athens together. But I know there's somewhere that you have both been that I have not been. And I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about not having been there before. And that's Hadrian's Wall. Which is actually a lot closer to home. Oh, okay. well, one, we let's need get... to organise for you to go to Hades. I know. Well. Can we get our, let's get our in the car, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> England. Yeah, exactly. It's in England Did and I've never been. Did you go to 
the school trip. <laughs> Did you go on the uni trip? <laughs> no, I went when I was eight years old with my parents. We oh. went to, my sister had just been born, so we couldn't travel abroad. Um, she was literally like two weeks old or something, <laughs> just like that. We went to Hadrian's Wall and Vindolanda. Oh, nice. Yes. I went really cool. a trip through uni. Oh, was it for classical archaeology? Maybe. <laughs> no, we just saw it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think was there. I'm not sure. Okay. But I That's went. That's pretty cool. We went to a couple other places, like, en route to Hadrian's Wall, but then we had to walk. <laughs> we had to walk a How section How much did you walk? Oh my god, quite, it felt like quite a lot. Between posts, like, a post to post. How long is Hadrian's Wall? It goes from, like, coast to coast, does it not? Okay. Yeah, I think it, it does. I'm never sure. Um, well, I think people listening can probably guess, but which emperor was in charge of Hadrian's Wall? Oh, po- answers on a postcard. <laughs> Hadrian! Hadrian. <laughs> it's also called the Roman Wall. Pix Wall. Or well, there we go. Something that, we else. could talk about that. <laughs> it was built in AD one two two. Yeah, and it was built because the the it began the, in AD one two two, and the rain come over to to yeah what? the Britons, the Romans, had come the Romans to... had come over to Britain, and they started like working their way up, basically yeah. Yeah. conquering, conquering, pillaging, building walls, building a home, and then they got so far, <clears throat> and they were kind of weary Stuck. of yeah. what was beyond because we were the certain area because in scotland we were scary long-haired back then we <laughs> yeah. were yeah tacitus literally says that <laughs> yeah they were basically scared of what was beyond yes although they did come further later because you get the antonine yeah. wall yeah. which is in scotland although but they were kind of weary they, survived, they thought it. it was going to be a lot of trouble i suppose yeah. so they thought <laughs> no not having this we'll build a wall to keep us safe keep them out and we'll deal with it later <laughs> nice so um, it took six years to complete. Did it? Yeah. And there was 14 forts added. It's quite a lot of work. Yeah, there's yeah, That's a lot, but like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, you could just build a wall and... Leave it. Leave it. <laughs> but it was manned, and people yeah. lived there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, the, the forts, like Vindolanda, are just the... The foundations. Yeah, the foundations. You can see the walls, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and Vindolanda was a where Roman soldiers kind of set up home. Yeah, so the barracks were there, but the yeah. women and children also lived there with them. Yeah, because they found, you know, the Vindolanda tablets, which were like a range of different documents. Yes. documents and it had everything from a shopping list letters, to letters, like, which is a massive insight into Everyday life. daily life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And not something you get in every single ancient site. Yeah, no. So actually, I think that was eye-opening, not only if you look at, like, the time here, but what might have been happening elsewhere because a lot of life was like replicated or not. Yeah. On what you believe. And it's quite nice that people would have come over here and stayed here because that was their job. Yeah. But they're trying to set up Roman life. But they're life. trying to set up, yeah, Roman life. Yeah. And it's nice, obviously, that if you are listening to this and you're already in the UK, you don't have to travel go quite so far afield no. to go to Vindolanda or Be prepared Adrian. if you're walking here. Yeah, we were <laughs> I wasn't. Okay, where you're walking, shoes. And we went there in winter. It was snowing. Because oh. you have to, we had to, where we started, we had to walk up the hill to where the fort was, and then you start walking along Hadrian's Wall. And it started snowing on our walk up towards it. So we're in the snow, <laughs> snow and sleet all day, really. Actually, it's it's one of those places that is quite rocky. Yes. And it's actually a really good walk if you yeah. like hill walking, like oh, you yeah. like going for it, rocks. It goes, walks. Up, it goes up and down and down and up and down. And it's not like just like a uh, level. So even that shows how hard it must have been to build because it's yeah. not a flat line. Everyone it's, says that Romans only built straight. No, roads. they didn't. This Lies. one goes, and it's steep. I've done it. It's hard. <laughs> so if you want to go for a nice walk, yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, now it's time to travel back across the sea and 
<laughs> Away. <laughs> I wish this was animated. Right I'm going to make a little animation for this. Us in a little car. <laughs> well, now it's time to travel back across the sea, but we can perhaps stay on the topic of the Romans since we're, since we're there. You want yes. to talk about Romans, do you? I am willing to Does talk about you? the Romans. No, I, I like Rome <laughs> as a city to visit. <laughs> They're just not my favourite history. Okay, fine. Don't judge me. I'm a I'm a Greek historian, okay? But I have had the great fortune of going to Rome on a number of occasions, twice, with Harriet here. And Jill, I believe you have also been. I went um, as a one-day trip oh. when I was on a cruise. Rome in a day. Amazing. Oh, that's intense. So what did you fit oh. in in one day? We did... Uh, we did a tour, a walking tour of the Forum and past the Colosseum and all of that. But it was kind of just, it wasn't focused on the ancient, yeah. although that's obviously everywhere. But it was just kind of roaming a day, quickly. Yeah. But I was I was old enough that I was interested in history. I hadn't decided that classics was like my main thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was, I was still too young to really take appreciate what I was seeing or yeah. take it in. And even I'd forgot I'd even done seen half of the stuff that I'd studied until my mum refound like the camera that we took <laughs> photos of and I was like, Oh wait, oh I studied that temple. Okay. I can't believe I saw yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if you have a favourite site in Rome. We've been there twice, I feel like when I think We've of Rome I think of you. Oh, I'm David. So <laughs> I've been there four times now. Well I've been there four times as well, but only twice with you. <laughs> okay, do I have a favourite site? Yes. And what's your favourite site? Is it the Colosseum? No, it's not the Colosseum. Is it the Forum? Yeah, well, it's in the Forum. Is it the Arch of uh, Titus? Yes, yes. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, Tell us right. about the Forum and the Arch of Titus. Okay, so... Oh, no, God. The Forum, like Just the marketplace. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's like filled with everything. And the Roman Forum is the, the centre of like all Roman, Roman life. life. It has everything. Everything you could ever want. It's where you get your speeches, it's where you get your... Food. Food is where you go to haggle for... It's where you do all your yeah, do all your like debt, like your. It's where you pay your taxes. What you call it? Your um, deals. Um, lots of government buildings. Yeah, originally a marketplace. So basically, it was the center of this city. All your temples are there. Yes, they are. Which a lot of them actually are still. You, like you walk into the yeah. forum and there's a lot still. They're in good it's They're like going, actually in quite good condition. Yeah, it's like going into a little ancient. Although partially ruined city, yeah, kind of amazing. it was smaller than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, forum. Yeah, I think when you see it in films, you think, "Oh my god, it's massive!" Yeah. But it's actually, small when and you, tightly packed. Yeah, when you look at when you're in there, yeah, very small, very tightly packed. And actually, when you compare it to the size of the Colosseum, yeah, but people weren't living in the forum. It wasn't like no residential. No, and there's still like residential things actually surrounding that. You know, yeah. these big like tenement buildings, yeah. essentially. Which are pretty Yeah, cool. it's pretty much in the centre of Rome. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, there's something specifically you enjoyed. So there's the Arch of Titus, which was built after the fall of the Temple of Jerusalem. And basically it has little friezes on the side of it. And one of them is Titus bringing back all the spoils from the fall of the Temple of Jerusalem in the first century AD. And the reason you know it's from that is because he's carrying a menorah. Ah, okay. So it's very distinctive. 
and kind of if you look at on the side of like there's all these temples to roman gods and then there's this random menorah yeah that's really different yeah yeah it's interesting because you did your undergraduate dissertation on titus didn't you yes and he had a relationship with a jewish princess yeah berenice Mm. very controversial Mm, interesting Mm, yeah yeah (laughs) and she was a bit of a powerhouse i think well we've touched on it briefly but there is something quite Themis situated beside the Roman Forum, so it's a good day. So well, it's a day trip. You just walk. if you're staying in Rome, then you can just wander straight up to it. It's all right there. They're right beside each other. Yeah, it's the Colosseum. The Colosseum built started by Vespasians. Vespasian died. Mm-hmm. Sad. It's a lot of gluttony. Carried on by Titus and Domitian. Domitian. And it wasn't actually called the Colosseum back in the day. It was called the Flavian Amphitheatre because they are part of the Flavian dynasty. Yes, it was known as the Flavian Amphitheatre back then and it was used to host various things like gladiatorial games. Yeah. Really impressive things that you think like, how do they even logistically manage to do? Like a lake. (laughs) Yeah. Well, supposedly a lake, but... Yeah, there's a rumour that they filled it with water and... (laughs) And had like a sailed boats in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it is an Im- it's an impressive site, the Colosseum. There's a, there's the a- engineering is incredible as yeah. well. I have to say as well, like the queues always look huge when you go to the Colosseum, but both times I've been in it, you actually get in a lot quicker than you think you're going to. They, they like, if you are visiting it, yeah, it's a fast moving queue. It's worth waiting for. You're not going to wait that long. And when you get in, it is really impressive. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And with the forum as well, there there's so much to wander around that you've got like a whole day's worth of activities and you can get a ticket that'll get you into both both places. Yeah, and if you're a student, you get a discount as yeah, well. Yeah, do it while you're a student. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the Colosseum, I wish we could see it, what it looked like before. Yeah. Because wasn't every single arch had a statue in it? They, yeah, yeah, I think I'm sure. Right. Yeah, so each one of those little niches that you can see through now yeah. is filled with a statue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible because there's tons of them. Yeah. And it was like the place to go. So basically, I think there's something to do with when it opened, there was all these free tickets given. Everyone obviously wanted a free ticket to go because they never went to anything like this. And they got given like, here you, here's your like pig's tour, here's this, this, this. And it was all free for the first time. Yeah. And then they started to make money off of it because yeah. it cost so much to do. But it was the place to go it was like the cinema on a friday night yes where you go oh we're gonna go to have a drink eat some food like get some garum and then we're gonna go watch christians being slaughtered in the middle of the coliseum oh the romans (laughs) ah the romans well i have to say though my favorite ancient site in ancient rome to visit is the pantheon i i love the pantheon um the pantheon was a temple built to the the Roman gods and it's one of the earliest examples of a domed ceiling or roof. So it was originally commissioned by Marcus Agrippa but wasn't actually completed for a good century but until it was completed by Hadrian and like I mentioned it's one of the earliest examples of a domed ceiling and because over the years it's been used as a as a Christian church it's an amazing condition and it's so well preserved and it's free to go into and it's not huge but it's once you you walk in and you look up and there's this amazing like 
well-preserved, beautiful building above your head. It's a ceiling that ancient people walked under, which just kind of blows my mind. And it's got that hole in the middle in the oculus. You think, oh my god, it's going to rain and you're going to yeah. get covered, but the way that it works, it's really clever. It's, yeah, it's so masterful architecture, yeah. so that the rain doesn't come in through the hole and that the ceiling's able to support itself because of the sort of like holes that are burrowed into it, these kind of coppers. It's amazing and free, and I love free stuff. <laughs> Oh yeah, you gotta love a free, yeah. free ancient. Plus, site. there's loads of great ice cream places around there. Get some gelato whilst yes. you're there. Yes, <laughs> well worth it. Well worth the trip. Okay, so sorry. Just to quickly go back to that, <laughs> those games that I may or may yeah. not have made up. The fact that it was free for the first time. But there was a hundred days of games. A hundred yeah. days. Right. To think that they like went and they got ostriches, ostriches, elephants, tigers, like every animal that you could ever think of and they were like right we're just gonna go like make them all fight to the death oh, which I is know. horrific yeah but times a hundred to get a hundred days worth of that for free for fr well i don't know if it's free. all oh, right but a hundred days worth of animals to put in to the center that's insane yeah they had to import so much from abroad and gladiatorial combat yeah because they had all the trap doors yes built into the underground system mm -hmm. so that they could like platforms would come up and people would suddenly pop up out of the ground or a chapter would open and a lion would burst out. I think that's one of the things that surprises people the most when they go to the Colosseum is the fact that once you go inside the Colosseum and you're up in the pews where people mm -hmm. like sat looking down, it's not like if you watched Gladiator the film, no. the solid earth ground, you you're actually seeing, yeah, you're kind of seeing into the basement level of the Colosseum because they would have built a floor above that so that the gladiators and the animals that were being kept underneath the floor could have come up to fight. Um, and I think I remember visiting the Colosseum with somebody who wasn't familiar with it and then like being quite stunned by the fact that you were actually kind of seeing into the cellar-like space as opposed to like flat ground. You're like, where are they fighting? Yeah. It's interesting. It could hold 50,000 spectators and there were 80 entrances. That's insane. So, so that is a massive football stadium. That is a massive <laughs> football stadium. Um, but... I think we should do a little bit more travelling, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the sound effects. So before we leave Italy, I think there is one more place that we wanted to talk about, and that's somewhere Harriet and I visited together place. again. Um, Have you been? Yes. Oh, good, good. And that is... Pompeii. Yeah, Pompeii. Like I, I know what you're talking about without you even having yeah. to say it. <laughs> you to have you been to Herculaneum? No. Have you been? No. But right, so have. I've been. So, Mount Vesuvius, mm -hmm. picture the scene. <laughs> AD 79. Yep. Mount Vesuvius explodes. Mm -hmm. It's going everywhere. <laughs> There's this little town, it's not so little actually, it's quite big, of Pompeii. Mm -hmm. And basically, a lot of people got trapped there. Very sad. Yeah, so in Pompeii, <laughs> Pompeii had been a, an Italian city for centuries, yeah. and the whole thing was destroyed. And it's a really, really, it was a really, really important Italian um, city for commerce and trading mm. between other places in the ancient world. Because it's on the coast. Because it's it? on the coast. So yeah. again, it's one of those places where there'd be so much, so many like different intersections of people yeah. but the whole town wiped out everyone died meters yeah. and meters of ash not Buried. lava not lava, lava. ash, ash. <laughs> that's a good fact though it's good to know that i have to say i loved pompeii and i was so 
taken away by the size of it. I think you forget when you talk about Pompeii that it is an actual city. It's like it's yeah. it's huge. You go there and this is a huge place. It takes hours and hours to walk around. Do you not think like before you go there you think, oh it's really, really small. Mm. You see bits on, on the you see segments TV, you see very, very specific segments yeah. each time because yeah. they're actually really, really, really well preserved. Yeah. Yeah, actually the way in which the city was destroyed actually ended up preserving it really well. Which is slightly surreal. And it's surreal when you're there, I have to say. I found it quite a surreal experience being there. And one of the things they did was, um, when they first excavated Pompeii, is they, where the bodies had been of the people that had died, they'd left um, imprints and they made plaster casts of the, of the bodies of the people that had died in, in the volcanic eruption. And... The, like, but you get like, to see plaster casts of these people in Pompeii and they're in like positions of of fear. They're like huddled over, hiding from the ash clouds that are coming down and you can really kind of empathise with their experience. They become very real, did I found. See, did you see the most recent kind of thing about the one that's got his hands like this? Mm-hmm. So the one that there's a very famous image that's like, and it is because it's when you look at it and it's quite moving and it's off they thought it was a man and he's crouched and he's got like his forearms up covering his face like he's trying to protect himself and it turns out that the forearms aren't real they were added later to make it more of a shocking image oh, wow. Oh, wow. so he wasn't actually covering his face he was doing something else yeah. he was still crouching yeah, and he's, he's still, still, he's still yeah. protecting he's still trying to survive he's yeah. still got caught and he still died and it's horrible but the forearms were added later to try and give it an extra punch oomph. that's so interesting but I have to say it was one of those moments where as a classicist, as an ancient historian, as somebody that spends so much of their life looking at these people, I think it can be a little bit e- too easy to forget that these were real people because they lived so long ago to really connect oh, to yeah, them. And I yeah. found Pompeii one of those places it that... Is, you're up close and personal. Yeah. What I love about Pompeii, several things. Mm-hmm. How wide the streets are. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hilarious. You wouldn't think they would be that wide. Why are they... Well, I know why they're so wide because of the amount of stuff that had to be transported mm. back and forth. The fact that they've got the like per- almost perfectly, not perfectly preserved, but they're really, really well, well preserved like shop fronts mm-hmm. where you go and order food. Mm. So we've got so many photos of us like standing there being like, Gar- Garum for all, like, yeah, what can we get you? Um, it's kind of, it's, that's pretty cool. And the brothel. Everyone wants a brothel. I don't, that's not my favourite part of it. I like the symbols and the... Mm. sort of stuff that leads up to different brothels and if you know what you're looking out for mm-hmm. you feel very like ahead of the crowd so what should you be looking out for on walls and pavements when you're in Pompeii that you might not notice a penis yep little stone penises everywhere that will point you the way to a brothel because there's not just one there wasn't just one brothel I think that's one theory <laughs> I'm not sure if they're certain that that's what the, the, the small penis statues were oh. indicating to but that's some people's theory but like what else Why other people think this? they might be evil eyes yeah because whose eye her? looks like that like harems they think they're yeah, like harems right. you know sort of symbols like protection <laughs> and yeah <laughs> but the one thing that really got me about the brothel is there's this really pre- well preserved brothel with these amazing fresco paintings on the walls inside which are, are like really well preserved and you walk around Pompeii quite easily you're just walking around like it's a city just getting by you have to queue to get in the brothel yeah you do <laughs> yeah so really really near to Pompeii there's Herculaneum mm-hmm. which from what I can remember I mean I was quite young when I went to it but it is actually really 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 well preserved yeah I've heard and this... not a lot of people go there mm-hmm. so if I was you I would definitely 
go there as well. It's yeah. on my list. The stuff's really, really well preserved. So definitely it was destroyed in the same, the same, yeah, the same eruption. And it's like just, just down the coast. So yeah, definitely go check it out. Okay, well, let's do some island hopping. <laughs> Jump to Crete, which is a Greek island, and on Crete you will find a site that Jill and I visited together, which is Knossos. And Knossos is a Minoan site, so it's actually a lot earlier than most of the stuff we've been talking about. This site is from the second millennium BC. Uh, the Minoans were a people that kind of predate the sort of Hellenic Greeks or the Romans, which are a little bit later, that we often talk about. And Jill and I went to Knossos in 2014. Yeah, and yeah. I have to say, well, I'm like, yeah, that's when you went. Harriet <laughs> <laughs> no, knows, Jill doesn't. I do. I was just thinking, yeah, it was the end of year. I have to say, that's one of my favourite places that I've been in ancient sites wise. Again, it's another one like Pompeii that you kind of have to travel out of a main city. When we went to Pompeii, did we go from Naples? Yeah. So we went to Pompeii from Naples and we were staying in Heraklion in Crete when we went to visit Knossos and we travelled out and it was a day trip and you kind of spend the whole day there. And again, it's like an entire... Complex. Yeah, it's an entire complex. And it's amazing. I loved Knossos. I don't know about you, but... Oh, I loved it too. I've never been, so you need to tell me all about it. Yeah. So, Knossos is phenomenal. It's kind of higgledy-piggledy, it feels. Okay. So it's not as ordered as like other ancient sites. No, because as well, the design is... Now this is where there's sort of a there's myth. levels yeah and the, it's where the myth of the Minotaur and the um, oh. labyrinth comes from oh, yes. so the thing about the design of Knossos which is often called the Palace of Knossos and that is what it's known as but we have to correct you as ancient historians that it was not a palace it was an administrative centre which isn't quite as glamorous but there you go hey <laughs> painting is fun as well yes exactly green storage is important <laughs> and. So you visit Knossos, it's an administrative centre where they did things like that, they distributed grain and, and to the people and things like this. And um, one of the things about it is that it is lots of little rooms and lots of little passageways and that and people think of it as the labyrinth. So in the myth of King Minos and the Minotaur, that he is from Knossos, that was supposedly where he was from. Um, the Minoans, King Minos, the Minotaur, you know, it's all tied together mm-hmm. and um, some people think that the myth of the Minotaur originated when the ancient Greeks or the ancient Hellenic Greeks that we've just been talking about came across Crete and Knossos and they kind of made up this myth or came up with this myth or fitted a myth that already existed to this place which was so maze-like in its design and was full of bull imagery so there's so many mosaics and fresco paintings um, of bulls. I'm yeah, then there's about. lots of architecture with sort of bull horn-like elements yes. in, in Crete as well. So there's just all this bull imagery and all the bull leaping, like you said, which mm-hmm. was we think is maybe a sport. I think there's a there's a big... Um, is it a fresco or mosaic? It's a fresco. I think. Yeah, I think it's a fresco. Of it. And there's debate over what's actually happening, but it looks like a guy is flipping over a bull. Yeah, doing a somersault in the air. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, so some people think this was like, like a sport. It's like the horse box. Imagine of... if we brought that back to the Olympics. <laughs> bull leaping. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of where that myth originated, some people think anyway. And it is kind of, you know... It's impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive. Um, and one of the other interesting things about it is that there's not really any fortress walls or protective walls around it. And the theory being that because it's this maze-like pattern is because 
it would have been hard to infiltrate because mm-hmm. there's not one central en- entrance way. Is uh, might be wrong. Is Knossos the place that was like repainted? Oh, yes. oh we got to play our favorite game in Knossos. Real or fake? Real or Evans? It's like higher or lower, higher or lower in uh, the Price is Right, but with <laughs> but real we or, changed the name. Yeah. Real or Evans? Real or Evans? Because Sir Arthur Evans was a. Uh, Amateur archaeologist, shall we call him? He was a man with lots of money that just decided. Would we even allow archaeologists? I don't think archaeologists wanted wanted him to be counted in part of their like. (laughs) Well, so Arthur Evans, one of the original excavators of Knossos. I feel like he was more like an honor, like a lad with money that just thought, "I'm going to get involved." Basically, and he rebuilt lots of it and painted painted what he he thinks restoration. Yeah. Gene it's kind of like uh, changing rooms. Like remember in changing rooms when uh, what was that name? Llewellyn uh, Bowen. Yeah, painted that room bright red, and everyone was like, "Whoa, you can't do that. That <laughs> looks horrendous." Well, That's Knossos. Knossos. He was doing that. He was yeah. painting it bright red, and he, people were going, "Guys, like not." Yeah, he just made, he made stuff up. He hypothesized what he thought it looked like and painted it to look like that. Good on him. He was interested in the arts. (laughs) You're kind of getting multi-levels of history when you go there. You know, you've got the ancient stuff. you also got some sort of 1800s history, early 1900s history. Oh, so Reeler Evans was uh, very simple. I was going to say, is it complicated? It's a very simple game where someone would come across something and one of us would go, right guys, Reeler Evans. (gasps) We have similar games that yeah. I mean we're so sad, but we used to play Guess the Emperor. Yeah, the bus game. The bus, the bus game. I have the bus I played the bus game with many people. So oh, right, okay, well it's not, it's not just your game. <laughs> I guess classics wide. Well this no, no, no like, that... we try to play that with other people but other people go well, When I say other lost, people, I mean playing? like other people within our group. I was oh, just with right. them. I tried to play it with shout out because I know she's gonna be listening, Tash, and she did not enjoy that game. <laughs> she was not having any fun I played it with Magdalena and you yeah I bet Magdalena would be really good at it yes (laughs) like annoyingly good at it so this is another one of our fun activities that we do when we're ancient sites in this instance uh, you look at the busts of generally Roman emperors and women from ancient Rome but you get Greek ones too someone has to cover up the name on the statue and the other people have to guess who it is and it, like what we're talking about earlier, look at the hairstyles. Oh, you can if totally you learn tell. the hairstyles of the period, mm. you've got it. Maybe yeah. that's why Tash didn't enjoy playing it, because she knows absolutely nothing about ancient history. Maybe. In that sense, like, <laughs> it was quite an unfair <laughs> game. But before we polish things off, Harriet's got something to tell us that Jill and I know nothing about, because Harriet was recently in Jordan. Yeah, so I did Petra as well. Jordan is an incredible place. Mm-hmm. I really want to go back there, but when we were there, we were only there for a day, we did a day trip. Okay, yeah. You basically get on the bus, cross over the border, and go to, um, all. I say all the way into Petra, but it's not that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an ancient site that supposedly, I mean, according to Wikipedia, had been settled as early as 9000 BC. Wow. And That's the oldest site in this list. So you may know it from Indiana Jones and... The Last Crusade. Well done. <laughs> uh, because the treasury is featured in that. It's an incredible site. So basically, okay. it's all this like I don't know what type of rock it is. But it's all this like orange, very distinctive orange rock, and all these buildings are built into the rock, wow. and then, like like caves, but caves gone wild. Like <laughs> ma- like I uh, there's a photo of me standing in front of it, and I am a blimp. Like I'm tiny compared to the height of it. Um, it's really impressive. So basically, you go through the canyon, and then 
all of a sudden you like are standing in between these two like rock formations on each side and then the guide like gets you to turn around and then all of a sudden you're staring at the treasury. That's amazing. So you see it kind of... You don't see it as you're approaching. He gets you to look at something else and then the way, the angle of the way you turn around makes you see the treasury as you walk oh, in. Oh wow. It's really cool. So obviously we're not able to cover everything in one podcast. We're limited to where we've all been and time as well. <laughs> For we all have lives to get back to. But I don't. <laughs> Shush, you have a job. Don't pretend. <laughs> But hopefully you have enjoyed learning a little bit about some ancient sites that we like, that we visited, um, the, our experiences of these different places. And I usually ask my guests to recommend a book at the end of each episode. But I've had you both on before and I've had you both recommend books to me before. So I thought instead I'd like to just know if you could pick one ancient site that you've been to, where would you say that someone should go? Pompeii, because I think that... It's probably the closest you're going to get to actually seeing how that civilization worked. Yeah, I would actually agree with Harriet because I think if you go to somewhere like Delphi, or mm-hmm. you can get like you can get lost in that. The ruins are quite bad, so you're not you might not know yep. if it, if you're a complete newbie, you might not realize what you're seeing. Whereas Pompeii is big enough, quite easy enough to understand what things are. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode of That's Ancient History. If you're interested in seeing some photographs of these different sites, I will be sharing pictures throughout the week on our Twitter, That's Ancient. If you want to follow my guests today, you'll find Harriet at... At HattieScott17 on Instagram, and I think at HattieScott17 on Twitter as well. Nice, consistent. And Jill? Jill Jill.scott.9. And that's on Instagram. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much to both of you for joining me and chatting with me. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. No problem at all. Let's go eat some cake, guys. It's goodbye from me. <laughs> and goodbye from me. <laughs> Thanks for listening.